Welcome back to Basic Brain Heart, the show where we celebrate and interrogate creatives of all stripes. I'm Hannah Camacho. Guys, I am really pumped about this episode, okay? We have the magical human. That's really the only word that comes to mind when I think of her. It's illustrator Beatrice Blue. And if you have not heard that name before, stop what you're doing right now. Pull up your Instagram. Look her up. She is really an incredible illustrator. When you look at her work, it gives you these warm, magical feelings, and it totally transports you to another world. I have been a longtime fan of hers and was really thrilled when she was willing to to chat for a bit. And I have to say, I'm really kind of digging this new flow that we've got going on, and I'd love to hear what you think. I like asking creatives questions that maybe they don't always hear, and questions about their everyday life, because I think creative people see the world a little bit differently, and I want to know about it. So I hope you guys are enjoying it as much as I am. I have to say, Beatrice put me at ease so quickly that it had to have been a record. (laughs) Usually when I start the call with anyone that I admire, I feel a little jittery, a little nervous to start with. Um, and, And usually that settles down pretty quickly. But I just felt like I was talking to an old friend. Um, she just has this wonderful way, I think, of putting people at ease and being so relaxed and is just herself. And uh, it was really cool to hear about her background and the way she sees the world. And let me tell you, there were at least three points in this conversation where I felt uh, fireworks going off in my brain in the best way because um, the way she framed things up for me were total breakthroughs creatively. And um, her creative philosophy is just it's a beautiful thing to behold. I know I'm gushing. I know I'm fangirling and it's okay. (laughs) I'm a fan. (laughs) All right. I'm going to get out of the way now so you can hear what you really came for. And that is my conversation with the amazing Beatrice Blue. Beatrice, my darling. So thankful that you're taking some time to chat today. I have so much love and respect for you, and I just can't wait to dive into these questions. So thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me over. It's such oh, a pleasure. Yes, girl. Uh, first of all, <laughs> how is life in Spain right now for you? I can. It sounds like it's pretty uncertain and 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 uh, bumpy at the moment. Yeah, I guess it's pretty weird. Although I'm working full time at home, and that's been like that for a long time. So the different the difference hasn't been really noticeable, uh, but there is when you go out to the street, and it's definitely weird and uncanny. So, yeah, I can only yeah. imagine. Yeah, it's crazy now that we're heading into, and I know different uh, countries are sort of heading into different time periods, but the new normal now that the shock has sort of worn off a little bit, but it's still so uncertain. It's such a weird time. Ugh, yeah, absolutely. Crazy. Yeah, oh yeah. Whenever I go to like the store or anything, the the grocery store, it's just like the people have changed and everything has changed and everybody just looks like weirdly. And if somebody and so if somebody's too close to you, just like stare. I don't know. It's just strange. Um, really weird. But I, I don't know. I think it will be positive in so many ways. So in a way, I'm really looking forward to seeing what what difference this makes. And that's a good thing. Absolutely. Well, thank you for for sharing a little bit about what's going on in your world. It's 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 so interesting to hear um, how different uh, areas are dealing with it differently. And I hope the best. And I hope you and yours stay well for the foreseeable future. 
<laughs> thank you. Um, I have the same for you. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, before we dive into some really fun questions that I cannot wait to ask you, um, for those who might not be familiar with your work, which I hope they all already are, would you mind talking a little bit about what you're up to these days? Like what kind of what you're working on, if you can talk about it, um, so they can get a taste for kind of what you do. <laughs> um, so I'm in, I'm an illustrator and I'm an author. So I write and illustrate books, sometimes picture books and sometimes uh, longer books. And I'm also a, an art director. So I am currently art directing a show for LA, which I can't I can't talk about much still. Understood. Uh, <laughs> but maybe in the near future. But I can I can tell it's going to be amazing. I hope. Uh, <laughs> and. Um, Yes, it's looking it's looking beautiful. So, and I'm also writing my third book right now, my third picture book, because the first one was uh, the first one was about unicorns, the second one was about dragons, and the third one will be revealed soon. Trifecta, <laughs> you can't go wrong All with the unicorns secrets. and dragons. <laughs> yes, so everything is sort of secret right now, but um, there's that, and I'm also illustrating another book with like a super cool writer. So everything is exciting, and lots of things at the same time. Yes, <laughs> that's so cool. I love it. I uh, have gotten into this new habit of asking um, a lot more fun questions rather than sort of diving into the the hard hitting questions first. So we've got some fun ones to start with. The Thanks. first one being uh, when you want to chill out especially like maybe during a stressful time, what do you do to set the tone? It might be maybe you go for a walk or is there something you do sort of in your own space to sort of set the tone for relaxation and sort of freeing up your mind a little bit? Well, I definitely go for walks in the forest. That I think that's something I well know. <laughs> I'm always in the forest or in the mountain or something like that. And I love to watch um, life around me like, love animals in general so sometimes I just walk and see the rabbits running or like the birds singing I don't know it sounds cheesy but to me it's like it, it really gives me life and I look around and I I can kind of feel the stories pouring in in a way and it's very inspiring and I just want to write or paint or draw so that's one thing and I also love to think <laughs> just by itself so I'll just sit down and think a lot <laughs> And try to try to see where I'm at or where where I want to go to and and understand what's my position. Oh. I love that. When you do have ideas um, on the go, do you ever do you stress out? Not stress out, but do you do you feel a sense of urgency to capture them right away um, all the time, or do you sort of let them? If it's meant to be, it'll stick with me. Like, what's your sort of method there? Well, I guess it depends on what I'm working on. So, if I'm working, for example, on my book. I always have a little sketchbook on my pocket. So if I happen to think about something, I have to write it because then later it might not be there just because I have so many things going around that story, right? But if it's something like just random ideas, so for example, every time I walk in the forest, because I've, I've made music since I'm little, so every time I walk in the forest, it's just a random song pops in my head and I start singing it and I compose this song <laughs> every now and then. That's awesome. And it just starts... <laughs> when's just your album coming it. out <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> too embarrassed but yeah so like I would have all these songs and sometimes they just stick forever so sometimes there's songs that I have never forgotten sometimes I don't write them like the other day and I was like damn it I had a good one 
and I never will know about that song again. So I think it's the same with ideas and drawings. If it's meant to be, it will be. Like if it's so important that I need to write it down, I'll just like do a a, a note recording or something like that. Find a way to do it. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. You play? Am I remembering this right? Do you play the guitar? Yeah. Okay. I, I was like, am I making drum. that up? <laughs> no, no, no. It's true. Yeah. So I play guitar since I'm four. And I play drums. You're good, since girl. I'm I remember seeing some of your videos and I was like, Well, what? She does everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I need to get this away. It's so embarrassing now. No. Especially because I'm so young. <laughs> oh my goodness. Not even. But yeah, I need to go back to that. Like I used to do so much music and I really miss it. Mm. So I got to do some more of that. There you go. I used to um, play the banjo a lot, and I feel the same. I feel like I've kind of let that slide, <laughs> and I need to get back to it. We'll we'll do an album together. Uh, it'll be it'll be epic. <laughs> yes, please. Whoa, is it is it hard playing the banjo? It you always looks like so complicated. Right. It's kind of after. So I I picked it up when I was I think twelve. Um, and quite honestly, my motives were not great. <laughs> My motives were the banjo was cool. If I learn how to play the banjo, people will want to be my friends. <laughs> Let's be real. Um, I was looking That's for, I was enough. desperate, right? I was desperate for how can I make myself cooler so kids will want to be my friend. Um, and and I was just bound and determined. And after a while, I started to learn. It's a, just a lot of patterns that um, once you get them down and you play them faster and faster, it sort of tricks your ears into thinking this is so complicated. But um, it's really, once you learn the patterns, it kind of demystifies it a little bit. And it's like, oh, it's much simpler than I thought it was, but it sounds really complicated. So after a little while, uh, you know, I, when I learned that secret, it was very, uh, <laughs> it was a relief. <laughs> nice. Well, you have to send me some notes, uh, audio notes. Oh, um, boy. Like <laughs> You're in for a real treat. <laughs> Bring that banjo on. There we go. <laughs> It'll be it'll it'll be a good time. Uh, you'll you'll, yes. you'll have some music for your walks in the woods. Nice. Uh, I love it. Oh man, <laughs> you and I were chatting a minute ago about how you grew up spending a lot of time in the woods, and man, that's the best. Um, how do you think your relationship with nature has changed when you were a child versus now as an adult, or has it changed? Has it evolved? In, I'm springing way, that one yeah. on you. <laughs> In a way, like for me, I think the forest when I was a child was more like a family time a bit. So I, I used to go with my parents, maybe like go with the bikes and oh, see the animals. So it was like so, a group thing. Yeah, I think so. But I think I also found myself a bit around there because it was a time where I could just go and hide in between the rocks and do my potions and <laughs> find my magics. So I would get all these things like, pine cones and leaves and all these things and mash them up and come up with something really important and so I think that really shaped me in general and it made me understand magic in a way so now I can shape it because I have those memories and I think going back to the woods just brings me that back in a way and sometimes even if it doesn't it's just mine it's a moment that I don't share with anybody. It's something that I, it helps me take things in and helps me think and again, like understand. So it's really nice. 
I feel like nature is so underrated uh, in the modern day, and I, I think not enough people make the time to get out in nature. And I do feel like if, if you're, when you're a kid, if you spend a lot of time in nature, you're much more prone to probably want to do it later, maybe. Um, and I think uh, at least peers that I have that didn't grow up sort of in nature all the time don't seem as interested in it. But um, that's something I'm I'm desperately trying to get my kids to love. <laughs> taking them on yeah. walks, taking them on hikes as much as possible. Look at this. This is so amazing, right? You know, and sometimes they're kind of roll their eyes a little bit like, yes, mom, it's great. <laughs> but I just I so desperately want them to have what I did as a kid, too. And, and that's that's so cool to hear yeah. how your relationship relationship has evolved and how formative it was for you. I love that. It's it's super great. And I feel like I'm really lucky to have that around me. That's definitely something that I would want to share with people. So That's awesome. Okay, this is a bit of a random question. But if you Perfect. had to screen every new person that came into your life with one question <laughs> before okay. deciding to spend significant time with them, what do you think uh, that question would be? Okay. Well, a random question comes with a random answer, but no, I'm but, ready. But I think I would ask them, what color are you? <gasps> I love that. So what would be your answer to that question if somebody asked you that? Well, right now I'm yellow, but maybe tomorrow I won't. Ooh. Maybe yesterday. What what does that mean to you? Is that like a mood? Do you have synesthesia? Like what what um what does that mean to you? To be um, I don't know. I think it's like a compilation of things. Honestly, I think it's just a way to say in one word lots of things. It's a mood, but it's also an appearance. It's also uh um like the way I see things and the way I would like people to see me. So, and it know. changes uh, maybe yeah. by the day or by the season. That's so cool. That's a cool it's one. Like, I like that. It's more like stages, I think. So I, I don't think it changes as fast as like daily, but it's more like stages in life uh, or like when I when I learn things, I kind of see myself with a different color. That's cool. Mm. <laughs> Well, what color are you? Oh, what color am I? Initially, I want to say all the colors. Mm -hmm, However, that's that's, that's a cop-out. I would say I'm a deep blue right now just because of the season in life that I'm in at the moment is a, is a bit of a rocky one. And um, usually I think I would be more prone to like a burnt orange <laughs> or mm -hmm. a warm color. Uh, because I usually am not a stressed person and, and pretty even keeled and feel pretty warmly towards things. But I would say deep blue today. That's a good question. That's good. One of the good things about choosing a color too is that um, I think you can internally understand things. But I don't think I would ask anybody why. It's just an answer. So it's really cool because they kind of also think about it for a bit. But they don't have to answer it. It's not a requirement. So color is good. It's brilliant. They can give you <laughs> as much information as they want. <laughs> That's so cool. Oh, man. Another question, and this one I did not give you ahead of time. I, I apologize. I just thought of it this morning. Is Great. what compliment means the most to you? So you probably hear people say a lot, oh, my goodness, I love your work. I love your work. And maybe that is it. Maybe that's the compliment. 
But for me personally, um, I'll just give you an example in case the question feels fuzzy. Um, uh, like the other day, somebody uh, mentioned, I really like the questions that you write. And that like, for some reason, I was like, oh, my goodness. <gasps> really? <laughs> like that meant so much to me. Um, mm. And so I'm curious what and maybe compliment the word compliment feels a little hollow. But yeah, you know what I mean? What compliment means yeah, the most yeah. to you? So I guess for example by doing what I've been doing with the tadpoles in case nobody knows uh, I've been basically helping some tadpoles get some water because they were running out of it with the sun during this couple months so I've been trying to protect them from the people like going over them and bringing water and all of that so that's something that I've done just because like I wouldn't want any reward but the the, the tadpoles being okay and being able to grow um, yesterday I got this video from a six-year-old girl that she's actually my pen pal right now, but she made, she wants to be a writer and she made this story about the frog savior and she did the whole story like with drawings and everything with watercolors and this story was beautiful and talked about the whole process of that. So I think honestly, that's one of the best rewards, like knowing that someone has acknowledged something that you've done just because you wanted to make something better. And I don't know, it's just, I think that pureness and that honesty and that innocence in a good way. So I guess when, for, for sure, like when, when children write me letters, it just brightens my heart. It's definitely something that makes me really happy but even with adults I guess just when they show a bit of their feelings and if I can see that I I made them feel something with my work that's the biggest compliment that's beautiful and for for anyone listening uh if you haven't if you haven't followed Beatrice yet please do because the frog saga is epic <laughs> you're you'll never be bored with the stories it's so cool <laughs> that's really I, I i appreciate that a lot and that's so cool wow what a huge compliment kudos to that sweet little munchkin <laughs> yeah she's great oh that's she's fantastic the best that's fantastic yeah. <clears throat> what's something that you do differently than other people um, and I, when I've asked this question recently, it, it doesn't, I need to probably rephrase it cause maybe it doesn't, um, make sense, but like something that you do that maybe other artists or other people even just don't typically do that you feel is important to you. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess, I don't know if it's different than other people. I don't think. I, I think it's the compilation of things that I do that make me different, not just one single thing, because one single thing can be repeated in so many humans. So I know I'm not unique in that one thing, but I know that understanding that I am unique within all of my experiences and that those experiences make me myself. So not being ashamed of any decisions that I make just because I learn from them and I know that I do them for a good cause. So I think just being honest to myself and being honest to those who surround me. That's I'm cool. just really happy that I'm like that because I really like I it. That. <clears throat> and that even comes through, I think, to folks um, who interact with you tangentially through um, social media. 
I think it's so cool when someone feels authentic, even if you've never interacted with them in any way, shape or form. And I, and I, I think that's so neat that I feel like yeah. for you, that comes through loud and clear. And that's so cool. I dig that. That's very great to hear. <laughs> <laughs> do you, are you a, a big movie person? Do you like watching films, movies, TV, or do you tend to kind of, eh, it's okay, but, but I'd rather sort of be creating. Um, no, no, love it. Love it. <laughs> Love it all. Bring it on. Love it all. Do you have yes. a, do you have is there anything you're binging lately or really enjoying or maybe something that you just love watching whenever you need to see to watch something? Well, any Ghibli movies are always great and a blessing. <laughs> like the best thing. They're like a fresh bowl of water when you're hot. <laughs> the best thing. Um <laughs> Yes. That needs but to be a, a review on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Fresh <laughs> bowl of water when you're hot. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think anything that has a good like photography or script or just good art in general, anything that's well thought and you can see that there's care around it. So I just love it. Like I, I don't necessarily go for trendy things if they're not if they're not like good quality in that way and I know good quality is a very big word but um I just guess that when you see that something has been cared for mm. that's what I go for mm. carefully crafted I love that that it's <clears throat> good I don't need to add to that at all what um, do you like oh man I I I love anything animated anything live action that, like you said, has been uh, cared for. I, I tend to, if I feel like something is formulaic or has tropes and it's it's just trying to please the people, like I, I've never really been into Marvel stuff or, and, and that might be blasphemy, but, um, or, um, you know, uh, Star Wars. Ooh, sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just can't get into it. I love a lot of indie stuff that you can tell it's going to places. A lot of people are afraid to go to because maybe it's a little difficult to deal with. Um, and also I love stuff that, that doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, like just yesterday I finished binging something that I wouldn't typically binge called dead to me, which is kind of like a dramedy. Um, but it, it gave me a good laugh and it didn't take itself too seriously. And there was some good writing, um, nice. so I think anything that makes me feel something deeply. And also I think I do tend to gravitate more towards sad things. Um, mm -hmm. because, uh, I, my natural tendency is to not go there <laughs> on the day to day. I, I try to avoid those thought processes and mm -hmm. that's not always healthy. Um, but I do <laughs> like it when a story sort of takes me there and, and sort of helps me realize something that maybe I have avoided thinking about or processing. So it's a good question. Yeah. Thank you. Good. For nice. Reversing the interview. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's interesting to know about both parties. Yes, yeah. <laughs> what is something that your parents, uh, parent or parents intentionally mm -hmm. or unintentionally did that you felt really impacted you positively as a child and an adult? I think just embrace and empower my creativity in general. They are not musicians, but they both do music since I'm a kid. So they would gather their friends and play guitar together and I would want to be like them. So I would sit with my gigantic guitar and try to play. So things like that, or like give me watercolors when I was three, um, not being scared of me getting muddy or, or, you know, so 
I think that for sure sort of let you explore and they weren't uptight about it yeah. that's cool yeah it's good parents right there um what do you consider to be your biggest superpower and this doesn't even have to be with art it could just be with you know as a human and mm-hmm. your kryptonite or your biggest um uh, growth opportunity <laughs> yeah so i think my biggest superpower is to have the ability to look around and pause for a second and understand what's my position and who am i and who do i want to be um i think that really helps me grow every day and understand that even if I like what I do today or even if I don't like it, I know I I can I am the only one that can choose where that goes. So that's really cool to know. And then I guess my kryptonite would be people chewing gum. <laughs> <laughs> what is that there's a word for that if if you hear certain sounds that it really annoys you. What is it called? I read that the other day because there was an issue with that, and I can't remember the word right now. Yeah, but yeah, there's a, I do have that. chewing gum. Oh man! Yeah, so it's like, and I can you that. can you chew gum, or does it bother you? I can, but just for a few minutes. Oh, because because so I feel like I could disturb someone in the same way, so I don't want to hurt anybody so in that way because very, it's pretty yeah, bad. Empathetic. <laughs> wow, that's so yeah. interesting. That's so interesting. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind if I ever uh, get to greet you in person. No gum. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> no, 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 you no, 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 no. It's just that if I'm trying to concentrate or something. Yeah, you're like, this is not, we can't do this. No, no, no. I just get something that I wouldn't get typically. Like, I, I can't feel rage ever. I can understand things and I can be mad or whatever. But in that case, I just feel rage. I feel this thing. I can't work. I can't think. I can't do anything. I just have to get out of that place and get out, get away. (laughs) (laughs) There's a podcast that I listen to where they talk about that quite often because they have a lot of listeners who have that same feeling. And so um, whenever they're getting ready to do sounds that could trigger that, they always talk about it. Oh, that's so interesting. And I'm very sorry that that you have that. (laughs) It's really bad. I'm telling you. Is that, is a super villain in one of your upcoming stories going to be a gum chewer? Maybe. Who knows? (laughs) Yes, That's Beatrice awesome. under gum. <laughs> that sounds epic. I can already see it. Oh man, it's gonna be great. Um, next question would be, uh, what is your favorite hot beverage and your favorite cold beverage? Mm. Hot beverage is tea, mm. especially Any- fresh mint. Ooh, fresh mint. I was gonna. That was gonna be my follow up question. Mm. Actually, uh, recently, because I have this thing with ginger where I can't stand it since I'm a kid because it, it just tastes like cologne. But recently, because of going to Amsterdam and Danny kind of made me try it like a few times over the years. And I tried mint with a bit of ginger, but just like fresh ginger. Gotcha. And that's so good. Ooh, Fresh ginger, I agree, is much better than a lot of the stuff that's sort of been dried or processed or anything like that. that yeah. Ooh, mint and ginger. That sounds like a pretty amazing combination. Mm. Very good. Yeah. And, yeah. Then and cold, cold. Uh, water. Girl, yes. Cheers to that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, maybe, maybe it sounds boring, but no. I don't know. I think it's perfect. 
love that. It's very relatable and, and healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm glad to hear you're Feels staying good. hydrated. It sure does. Oh, man. That's great. Uh, do you consider yourself a night owl or an early bird? I think it depends on the time and the moment in life. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess I used to work a lot at night when I was younger, but now I feel like mornings are the best. And I'm very powerful at 8 a.m. and I'm not powerful at 5 p.m. But I don't know. I, I think it changes too. Like it, it really variates. That's so. fair. Do you like jump right into work? Like what does your morning usually look like right, right leading up to getting right into work? Well, it used to be because since I just started a production with LA, they have a different time schedule now. So they wake up at like 4 p.m. of mine now. So I'm tending to, to starting a bit later towards the day so maybe like 10 or like 11 and then I finish like more at night but my idea one and, and it's the one that I was using up until now I think I just wake up at like 6 30 or 7 and I just like go for a walk with the pup and then come back make some coffee and just start working sounds like a good morning I dig it yeah <laughs> there's nothing like Very a morning fresh. walk oh yes yeah love it that's the best Girl. especially in Montreal Yes. Ooh, yeah. Um, let's talk tattoos. Okay. We're tattoo buddies <laughs> all the way. You probably can't see. I've got a sleeve and I want to do a whole lot more. But um, I love yours. And I would love to hear the story behind them. If there is a story, I know there are, always isn't a story. But talk about them. I want to hear about it. <laughs> well, there's a lot. I have one on my finger. And that was, it's this one over here. Um, that was because when I met Danny, um, I kind of, I don't know, I, I had been traveling around and everything and we talked and I, I kind of changed everything I thought in a way. So we decided to get this tattoo just to remind us that even if it didn't work out, we had found that, which is the ability to be honest with everybody and with ourselves and not be afraid of making mistakes, which is really nice. So yes. we both have that in the end, we got married. So whatever. Um, <laughs> Cause it worked out. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and um, some others are just like pff, random things. Like these is, this is a Morse code for a word from a story that I wrote for Danny. This is another story. And Danny did a drawing um this is another story that Danny did for me a while ago when we met these are lines just because I liked lines and but this was a very long time ago before they got trendy then they got trendy and I was like oh okay shit <laughs> and this one doesn't really have a story this I don't know if you can see it but just a girl and like a dragon in a lake and Basically, I wanted a tattoo, and Danny and I drew it, and then a friend got a tattoo to us. There you go. Have you had the same artist for all of them, or a few different artists? So tattoo artists. Both and I, yeah, both Danny and I design them, and then we usually take them to to a friend that tattoos really well, and she she translates that into her skin. But then recently, like I think it was three months ago, four, well now five months ago, man, time has. Uh, so passed by so fast 
But yeah, we were in Amsterdam and we really liked this girl that works in, in Belgium. And she only tattoos there and I've been wanting a drawing from her for like years so it's really hard to get a spot too. So I, I got this spot, like even months ago, I got the spot like in November or something. And we went from Amsterdam to Belgium in one day and came back and we got a flash tattoo. So we didn't know what we were going to get tattooed. And when we went there, we picked one and we got it. So it's this frog that I have right here. Ooh, that's mm. nice. It's a frog and a sword. I love that. And it's really cool. That is super cool. I dig it. Do you have plans to do even more eventually? Yeah. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, I have a whole body. There's <laughs> yeah, plenty of so much canvas yeah, left. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come on, let's do this. Oh yes. man, I I hear you. I'm a huge fan of of tattoos and yeah, the good artists they get they're so hard to get into, understandably so. Um, yeah. That's super cool. I dig it. Yeah, I think my plan is to to try to get tattoos from different artists. Because right now, all the designs are mine or Danny's, and I really want to get, like, different artists that I like to, to do their designs on me, which would be really cool. That's awesome. Speaking of artists that you like, another unplanned question. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you had, so, uh, I don't know if you ever, you probably, I don't know, do you watch Proko's YouTube channel? Um, I'm an untrained artist. And so at every opportunity, I'm always looking for great YouTube channels that teach me how to be a better artist. And one thing that I appreciated that, um, he said was, uh, art parents. So if you don't have a style, which you clearly have a style, but me, I'm trying to figure my style out, you know, picking art parents, if you will, people that make art that speaks to you or makes you feel something and using that as inspiration to eventually find your own style. Do you have mm -hmm. artists that you would consider either art parents or just artists that are like your, you know, some of your faves out there? I'd love to hear. Um, I guess I've always liked the Ghibli movies in general. So I think that mood, it's something that I aim for all the time, um, for sure. And then... I don't know. There's just so many people I look up to, but there's something around that. Yeah, there is There is this illustrator. She's a Spanish illustrator. It's called Julia Sarda, and she has this like very textured illustrations, and her designs are amazing. And, yeah, she she's, like, amazing. So I've, I've really looked up to her, too, from, like, a while ago. And people from the animation industry, um, I don't know, so many people. Then I also had, I worked with some friends in, in a few movies. And one of them, Nacho Molina, he taught me a lot of color too. And his work is amazing. So he also taught me a lot. So I guess just in general, like with social media and everything, there's so many things that you see and they make you feel stuff and then you bring it in and, and it's like something that you want to be part of yourself. But I think it's mostly things that I read than that I see. So for example, Neil Gaiman, his stories are just, yes. that speaks to me so much. And I kind of would like to, to draw things that make you feel that. Mm. So instead of being something visual, I think it's more like I need to express something like a mood or a feeling. And I just, I just try to put that in the best possible way. And I know there's, it's hard at the beginning. It was very hard 
to to try to translate what's in my brain to what's in my hand. But it's just trying things and accepting what you like and what you don't like. So being judgmental with yourself in a good way, I think, can lead to eventually something that you like that came out from yourself and not from anybody else. And I know you didn't ask this, but you... You said that I have a style, but and I always say the same thing. I don't think I have a style. I think I am myself, mm. and Ooh. it changes. Mm, that's good. <laughs> so sometimes I draw something, and I think it just puts a lot of pressure on people, and it put a pressure on myself too when I was younger to feel like I didn't have a style. And all these amazing artists have a style. The first thing I have to do is find a style. That's not it, because you never find the style. And if you do find it, there might be a problem one day because you might get tired of it. And what will you do then? So I I'm, think I'm waving my pinky <laughs> over here. This is great. <laughs> I think that honestly, you have to be permissive with yourself and you have to understand what you want. The moment you understand that things come more naturally and it might be harder or easier to pour what's in your brain into your hand, but that's just training. And the moment you hit something, you're like, you repeat it and you modify it and you mold it and it's like sculpting your own self into your art so good for sure that grows and changes because we always grow there's something super freeing about hearing you say that that's beautiful and as you were speaking it struck me you have you express yourself not only visually but you also write and not only do you write, but you um, are multilingual. And so I'm guessing you likely write in more and express yourself verbally in more than one language. And um, that's incredible. That's it. And you've, you've applied that to all I'm saying is it's cool that you've applied that thought process to more than one medium, if you will. Um, do you ever find it challenging to write and and get right into that lane or that mood or express that feeling in more than one language or do you feel like Mm -hmm. that's pretty simple not really because I think I treat it the same way as I treat my art like my drawings I do a sketch and then I go over it to see how I can make it better and then I shape it a bit more and shape it a bit more so in the end it's not a a random decision that comes up and it's good or bad I pour out and then I shape it into what I like so it's more of a process than than a decision or an ability in a way that's good I feel like this is art therapy right now I feel like I owe you money <laughs> thank you therapist B <laughs> for dropping the truth bombs <laughs> no I love it I love it that's really that to me is kind of mind-blowing and so I'm just taking a moment to appreciate what you've just said it feels very freeing, and I, I I just appreciate that a lot. That philosophy is really beautiful. Is there an assumption that people often make about you that you wish you could wave a magic wand and correct? Yeah. You're so talented. <laughs> it's like, No, dude. I'm not. I worked for this. <laughs> it's like, okay, if we go back to the word talented and that expression I could say that to someone but knowing the full meaning of it which is that being talented is having the ability to start something 
and go forward and keep doing it because I cry because I wake up and I feel worthless because I wake up and I see that everybody else is better than me and that doesn't stop me from going forward and from trying to find and define myself and express what I want to express and that's talent <laughs> what's not talent is growing with a gift of like a magical tooth fairy that brought it to you when you were born that is not true I drew very badly I did very terrible drawings and I still do them which is the fun part <laughs> so Talent is the ability to understand that and to be brave enough and to dare enough to do a second drawing or a third drawing or a fifth drawing and see that you're worse than a lot of people, but it's not a comparison. It's about what you want to express and who you want to be. So that's it. Mm. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's wave that magic wand <laughs> with a vengeance. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's good. I, I love I love your brain. So good. Yay. Um, what is now I was uh, trying to do a little bit of research because um, I try not to ask people the same questions they've maybe heard or been asked a million times. And I, I um, saw that you mentioned that um, you used to sort of live a nomadic lifestyle, which you mentioned a minute ago before you got your tattoo on your finger. Um, what was the craziest thing or one of the craziest things that ever happened to you when you were living that nomadic lifestyle? That is a very hard question because I feel just the fact of doing that is really crazy. It feels like a dream every time it finishes. I'm, I'm sure you understand that. So it feels like you're never anywhere, but you're everywhere at the same time. And to me, even though it doesn't answer your question, it's just very interesting that Whenever I am somewhere, like if I'm in Spain right now, I have this movie going on, right? So it's like it's on play. And then when I leave, it stays in pause. And then I go somewhere else and imagine that's Canada. I play that movie. So it feels like everything that I lived in Spain didn't even happen. I'm in that movie. So if I go back to Spain, I pause Canada and I go back to my movie in Spain and it feels like my time in Canada didn't happen. Or it's just back there. It's like a wardrobe of movies that I just play randomly when I want. So it's just very strange in that sense. And I think the craziest thing would have been to um, to be somewhere and not decide to go somewhere else, but just go somewhere else. Like if I'm in Scotland and decide that I'm going to spend a month somewhere else just randomly and without money. Yeah. <laughs> What? How old were you when you started doing that, the the nomadic lifestyle? I think I was 17 or 18. Wow. What, do you think it was just kind of the sense of like, I need to explore the world and, and taste things before I decide what next? Or was it like, what, what kind of drove that decision for you? I think it was several things. So I was definitely inspired by kids that could travel when they were younger I don't I don't come from a wealthy family or or anything like that and my parents just stayed where they are um because they had a lot of like steady jobs so um I never could really do that I had seen the whole Spain and everything like holidays and stuff but not really being outside that much and it it was very inspiring to see how these people just had seen India or things like that and I would be like man like these stories that you're telling me seem like, like a real movie and I want to see that. So 
that was one of the things. And I think the second thing was that I never felt like I belonged in Spain. I felt like I was randomly put here and everything that surrounds me is not how I would like to be. So I'm always in the search for something that fits better to, I think, my values. And recently we lived in Montreal in Canada and I think it that felt home so much more. That's it's cool. so strange. So, that is really interesting. My sister is now a transplant um, in London. And um, as time goes on, I think she's feeling much the same. Like this feels like home to me, wow. which is so interesting That's and amazing. awesome. What's a place on your bucket list that you haven't visited yet? Well, we were going to go to Japan for three months, but it was just this March, April, and June, oh, so we it. couldn't go because of the quarantine. Uh, so I think that would be the one, Japan. That would be <laughs> magical. Oh, man. What about you? You know, oh, the Faroe Islands. That's it, the Faroe Islands. Oh, nice. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, oh snap. If you ever come to uh, Spokane, we'll, we'll uh, take you on an adventure. <laughs> of course. That would be amazing. <laughs> out, out in nature. We love it. What is the one big thing you want every person you come in contact with to think or feel when they interact with you? Mm-hmm. I think ease would be a good thing or curiosity maybe. That's good. I can confirm that both are true. <laughs> nice. <laughs> after, after what, an hour of talking? Absolutely. We are going to dig a little deeper into the beautiful okay. creative mind of B. <laughs> are you ready? <laughs> Do you feel yes, warmed up? Go right? for it. Yes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, snap. So the, my first question kind of returns to what we were talking about a little bit earlier in the podcast, which is around the, the pandemic right now and how you did mention that, um, you know, you, you already were working from home. So as far as the technical day to day, maybe it hasn't impacted your work flow too much. But have you found that your headspace has been different? Like, how is it impacting you on a day to day level creatively or even just personally? I think it's more personally and it definitely affects creatively because I think some people have been affected in the obvious ways, but some other people have been forced to do certain things. Like if they were going to go on a trip, now they can't go. And maybe they never coped with those feelings before. So it's more of a chain of reaction in general. Like I think it just doesn't help if you have other things going on or things that you want to do. So to me in particular, um, we just bought the house, so we want to go, but we also have my parents and my dad recently had a, a big accident. So I feel like we've got to take care of, oh, he's good. He's good now. But so basically I feel like we've got to take care of them. But at the same time, I've been away from my house for so long and it's been so long staying here so I just feel like I don't want to work in this room anymore <laughs> and all these things so when I'm about when I'm about to draw it's like it's fine but I, there's a little thing inside me that I just wish I could be in the environment that I wish I had or like I wish I had my 
my art tools or I wish I had my screen because I'm in a tiny computer. So, but I'm also very grateful because I know there's not going to be a, another time to do this. And I'm also always very busy and I tend to push myself very hard. And these times kind of, I think, help everybody kind of go down to earth a little bit and see that how, for example, lucky I am to have my partner and my family in the same house and I can hug him every day. Or my sister is not here, so it's, I can feel how being far away and not being able to visit her affects. And I, am, I tend to be very, very independent and I'm very happy just with me by myself. And it, I don't know, I think it just opens my eyes a bit and it's very nice to see how everybody comes together in that way and how everybody wants to become a better person hmm. or at least they want to <laughs> not necessarily do <laughs> but so true. things like my cousin is a nurse and she's I think 23 and I've been getting like lots of calls from her and messages um because she has she has gone through really crazy stuff and she's very she's very young and she can't see her parents or sister because she doesn't want to hurt them um she has a little sister and everything so I, I don't know it just it's just a lot of a lot of things into someone that young and a lot of responsibility and she was telling me also people are very stressed over there and I just worry a bit like I just wish I could help I think that's that I just wish I could be a better person and put some time to help but the only way I can help is staying home. So it's a bit frustrating. But in the other hand, it's nice because I know that I'm doing as much as I can. So, yeah, I, I guess it's just like in general, it's affecting that we're thinking too much about it. <laughs> and it's a, it's affecting that we already have a lot of problems. <laughs> and it would be very nice to have one less problem. But it's always going to be like that. Like if, if it's not this, it's going to be something else. So at least this puts us down to earth in a, yeah. in a bad way, but in a good way. And we're yeah. all together in it. So that's good stuff. Mm. Yeah. In uh, this one is in a bit of a different vein, but um, I was uh, listening to about how you had, instead of uh, going to university right away, traveled the world and learned obviously um, over time, as you have put blood, sweat, and tears into developing yourself as a creative, is there anything that you've learned about your own particular learning style over time to sort of harness in terms of developing yourself? Like, for instance, I am a super visual learner, so, like, I need to see a video. <laughs> if, mm -hmm. I'm, if I'm learning something, I need to see someone modeling it. Is there anything that you've learned about your own learning style that's been helpful? Yes. Um, <laughs> so many things, but I think that just I've learned that I need to sometimes make mistakes and feel frustrated in order to understand what I did wrong and correct it. So I think I've learned that even when I feel like I can't do something, it's allowing me to understand what doesn't work and do it right next time. And 
I've also realized that when I was younger, I would encourage everybody to leave school and just go traveling because that's the thing that makes you, you, you know, you learn like that. And I've understood, I've understood through the years, it's not for everybody. And it, it is something that definitely is good for some people that are, um, I don't know, just a different way, I guess. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's for a type of people that have lots of things that they know how to tie up in a way. So knowing different things and then tying it up together into what makes your art yours, it's one way. But another way is getting people to help you too through that process. And some people are better that way. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So you're, you're an art director and when artists come to you and they're like, B, I can't get it. I'm not, I'm not getting it. What do I do? What types of, what do you say to them when that happens? I guess that, that shows that the guidelines are maybe not that well put. So it's probably a bit of my mistake as well, if that happens. So I try to sit down and trying to analyze what's not working and try to make it better so that I explain myself more clearly in that way. Um, but also sometimes just things just need a bit more time and a bit more care. And sometimes things don't come out just on the spot and, and really well. Sometimes they do. So I think it's more like patience and sitting down and, and trying to analyze why those decisions, those, those decisions were made and, what can we do so that they're more accurate? You sound like a badass creative director. I think it's 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 all the team really. Um, nobody is gonna do more than the others. It's about having everybody on the same page. Um, you mentioned that your husband slash partner is also a creative. That's interesting to me. Anytime um, two artists end up together in life. How do you guys, do you find that you've, you create very differently from each other or are your processes really similar and um, you end up sort of talking things through together often? Like, I'd love to hear more about that. Well, we are different for sure. And I think that's one of the things that empowers us in a good way. Um, it was hard at the beginning, I guess, to deal with feedback, but also because we were younger and we knew each other not that much but now I think it's it's very healthy in that way because he usually like I think right now that's changing but he used to deal with art in general more towards design and I I used to treat everything starting from the colors and the overall like final mood of whatever it was that I was doing. So the, the starting points were kind of like away from each other and they went towards. So we've always had that to complement each other. And I think right now it's not like that. We are kind of more towards the center. So we are, we are more similar than what we used to be. But it's still very nice because there's like this creative flow that's really beautiful in all the senses I think we have the same roles in general like he's also an art director but he's also an author and he has his own project so it's just really really nice to be able to talk to someone that you know that they're only going to make your project better so super cool. that's cool as you as you mentioned you don't have a style 
in your personal opinion and, and it's always evolving and changing and growing, which I love that perspective. If you ever have a potential client approach you about work and you just have this gut feeling, and I don't know, maybe this has never happened, but you have a gut feeling like, I don't think I'm the right creative voice for this project. Has that ever happened? And what do you do when it does? When you feel like maybe this isn't the right partnership? Yeah, well, okay. So uh, not having a style is really a very cut off like way of saying it I because I've said it like that but I do have a style but it it, yeah. it evolves right. like my style is myself mm. no it was me I said it but my style is myself and it changes which means that I do have a style but I don't think about my style my style just comes out with whatever I do and for sure it changes right um so having said that sometimes there's projects that come over and look super cool but they look like you wouldn't enjoy it because you they want you to do something that is not yours. And I think if I didn't have my own ideas and if I knew that I couldn't do my own projects, I would be like, sure, I'll do it for the money. Honestly, I don't do anything for the money, like nothing. <laughs> and it it's like that. I'm living once. I have one life and I have the ability to feel things and express things with what I do and people like it. So that is something that I treasure and that I want to do more. So if a project needs someone more accurate than what I am, I won't take it and I'll probably let it for that person. And because there's always things coming that are going to be more pleasant to work with or even just more accurate to what I want to do so there's things like like the show that I'm art directing at the moment I I would never have thought I was so busy I would never have thought that I was going to do that at that point but honestly it was for me <laughs> and I saw it and I was like dude you wrote this and I I want to do it like it's mine it's mine already I want to do it <laughs> Uh, it has to be like that so uh, there's some <laughs> there's some things that um they just feel right and I honestly think that if we put the right pieces into the right puzzle beautiful things will come out of that I don't think that people that don't like the project they're working on are going to do as good as a job that someone that is really loving their job and of course there's like a dream sentence to say right like that's it's never like that and sometimes you just need the money whatever but I'd rather live frugally uh, when I can and choose things that make me happy and things that make me grow and things that I learn with than things that I'm gonna feel miserable with even if it's like a beautiful paycheck I I don't care I don't want to feel miserable any day of my life and I'm gonna make the best so that I don't feel like that. Hmm. That's priceless. And the, the mental well-being that comes with that, that's that's fantastic. I've accepted a few projects that I regret and it, it eats me alive. I wake up so, so stressed and every morning I'm like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> I can't be what they want me to be. I can't do it. 
And then that pressure to perform and nail it is so hard. And um, I think that's fantastic. I love, I love that value. Um, creative partnership. We just talked about it a little bit. Um, when you're preparing to partner with either another individual or a company um, creatively, what are maybe either red flags or green flags that you look for before you decide to make it official and move forward together? I guess when I know, <clears throat> sorry, when I see that someone has their ideas clear, it's very, it's just very nice to, to see because even if it fits or not, it's something solid and that I want to see more of and learn more of. Um, also, if there's a team, for example, whoever's in the team for sure might be encouraging. Um, so maybe if the project is not as interesting, maybe, but there is like super cool people that are super interesting to work with. I that also talks a lot about the project because the project is going to become what the artists are going to do. So of course I'll jump in. Um, so I guess there is a feeling to that too. Like lots of people have asked me about like how, how they accept or not a book if it's like really badly paid or something like that. And I always answer the same thing is that, what does it give to you? Does it give you recognition, but it doesn't give you money? That's as valuable, at least for me. So it really depends on your values. If if you want to get somewhere and you really want to work with someone that's very important to you and they're not offering you money, well, it's okay. You're getting what you want in a way, right? And I'm sure you can think, oh, this is not paid and I can't do it. Well, I guess that's your values too. But for me, it has to give me something that I value. In one case is money, yes, but like as important or more important than money is um, personal growth and happiness. So I think that's the projects that I would go for. Absolutely. I dig it. That's rad. <laughs> what is the... Um biggest mistake you've made in your career that you feel comfortable sharing <laughs> and how how has it impacted you positively mm. or maybe it's been a flawless career <laughs> <laughs> no it's full of mistakes no it's full of mistakes every single day um yeah I guess it could be it could be seen as a mistake because I feel I feel weird when I think about it but it it wasn't a mistake at all because I wouldn't be here otherwise. But I think I jumped in too fast into animation. So I went into, I, I, I accepted a role in a movie when I wasn't ready for it. So I pushed myself very hard and I had lots of stress to become that person that I wanted to be in a very short period of time. And I felt like I was, I was, um, what's the word? Um, like, making myself ashamed if <laughs> I know that's not the way to say it but making myself feel feeling ashamed of what I was doing in front of people that I really valued just because I wasn't I wasn't good enough for the job eventually I was and I did a great job and I'm very happy about it but just the process of that made me learn like five times the speed and made me feel like I was struggling really so uh, for sure it's not a mistake it's just something that I 
I would have liked to do it differently, but maybe I wouldn't have learned in such a short period of time because five years ago, I didn't know how to get a Wacom. So I'm very grateful for that too. That's good stuff. So when I think about your art, um, one of the first things that pops into my mind is the beautiful use of color and light that you have mastered. Um, (laughs) And I really like that your question, your screening question, um, was about color and I would love color theory. Um, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about how you go about selecting color when you're creating a piece, what drives those decisions and just color in general. It's good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I guess a good way to explain it would be if you're thinking about this action scene in a movie and very, very intense and you put this crazy hard metal music around it you have one feeling if you have that same action scene and you get a piano classical music you get another thing but it's the same image so it's exactly that so basically every every time i do an image i just think the possibilities that i could do and i usually do color tests before to see what shows better what I want. Sometimes I like a color palette more than the other one, but I just pick the other one because it conveys better the the feeling that I want to show. So I put that, I put what I want to express over what I personally like sometimes, like to see. Sometimes I try to find a balance in between, but um, I guess, I guess that's the overall thing of it. And then I think it comes from also the animation movies. I used to do color keys and color scripts, which is basically um, telling the mood and the feelings of the whole story, just without even an image from like very far away at the beginning. So that has taught me a lot also. And I apply it. That's such a cool way of, of thinking about it. I've never thought of it that way or heard it described in that way. And that's really neat. I dig it. As a storyteller, because not only are you an illustrator, you're a writer, you you craft story from beginning to end. Um, and when you have multiple ideas floating around in your head, like, oh, the story could take this direction or it could take this direction. What's your process in terms of picking the one direction that is right for the story? Um, sometimes it just closes the idea better. So if I have A and B, I can choose D, but probably C <laughs> is more accurate. Um, um, so there is definitely endless choices, but there is one that's going to feel better at some point. There's going, there's going to make more sense. One that is going to make the viewer feel more the feeling that I want to show. Everything is about the same, basically. So if I want to tell a story that's in my head, I have to find the words and I have to find the story and the right everything so that whoever reads it gets the same image that I have in my head because I don't want them to get another image. I wish I could just put it in their heads, but that's not possible. So I just I just try to find that best one so that it fits exactly what I want to say. That's cool. My next question, I only have a couple, I promise. couple left. <laughs> We're almost great. to the no, end of the marathon. Go ahead. <laughs> Do you consider yourself uh, messy creative in your process or are you super neat and tidy 
you can't work in a messy environment. Personally, I'm a bit of a messy creative, but like, <laughs> what's your what's your ideal situation there? So uh, around me, usually it could vary. It really like sometimes my table is full of stuff. Sometimes it's em- is empty and and organized, but it's it's kind of in the middle. I think like I know where everything is, but it's definitely not not organized. Um, but in terms of my work process, I am quite organized with the steps that I usually take, but just because by working in productions and things like that, there is feedback and there's changes and stuff like that. And if I don't know how I did something, I just can't explain it to everybody in the team if I'm art director or whatever. So I have to be able to understand what I did in order to do it. So breaking it in little steps helps me understand in where there was a mistake or in where there was something that really worked out Mm. so that I can talk about it after. I dig it. When you are working with other creatives on pieces, projects, etc., I know one big hot topic for a lot of people is um, feedback. And Mm -hmm. some people are masterful at delivering it because they provide clarity, they're encouraging, right? (laughs) And they're gracious with it um, while helping to redirect someone's work. What are some things over time that you've learned when you do need to give feedback um, on work? And maybe you've really worked on, like, like you mentioned earlier, creating more clarity around the ask. Is there anything else that you usually try to use in those situations to help it go down smoothly and get the end product to where it needs to be. I think getting people to understand why that feedback is being done is key. Things like make that head smaller doesn't work for me because it's a decision that comes out of nowhere and that it doesn't have an explanation. So as an artist that also works for a team Um, it's really frustrating to know that or to think that any design that you can do can be easily changed just because someone chose it. But if you give that feedback or if you get that feedback with a constructive um, explanation, so something fits better, the the aspects or the, the personality of the character or things like that. So the head needs to be bigger because he needs to be cuter and whatever, right? So then the artists will understand and they will know why we're asking that feedback or vice versa, right? So it's a feedback that will feel good because you feel like you're a part of something and you're helping create something instead of you're taking orders because that's not it. We're not taking orders from anybody. Yeah. We're trying to make something beautiful mm. together. So that's good. Starting with the why and and helping Mm -hmm. people understand why that is. That's fantastic. I love it. We have come to almost the end. My very last (laughs) question is, um, how do you prefer people support you and follow you in your work? Is is Instagram your place of choice? Um, Do you have Patreon? Uh, Anything you'd like to plug? There's a lot of questions in there. Um, yeah, no, I guess, uh, I don't have Patreon right now. I was thinking about it, but maybe, maybe in the near future, but I guess Instagram would be the place or like my website or anything, but just type my name and whatever you can find. (laughs) We'll we'll link to both of them (laughs) in the show notes and, uh, um, anything coming up that you'd like to plug or that you just, uh, released that people should check out and maybe buy. 
Mm, I just released uh, my second book, The Dragon. It's Once Upon a Dragon's Fire. And my first one was released in America. So that's good. So now all of my get it because before it was harder to get. And that's Once Upon a Unicorn Horn. So cool. I'll check it out and link to it. B. I adore you. Mwah. Thank you so much for letting me ask you a million questions. And this is- That's great. Thank you so much for having me.